they took him up and took him out. Well, the next day, they brought him back again. But instead of having to carry him in, he walked in himself. Hallelujah. He couldn't speak. He couldn't, he couldn't say anything yet. But he walked in. Hallelujah. He came back the third night, and the third night he was lifting his hands to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And by the fourth night when he came back, his speech had returned. The lump on his head was completely gone, and his head was normal. There was no bump there at all. And he came up with an interpreter and put his arms around me the last night and said, Brother, he said it in Spanish, but the man told me what he said. He said, Thank you so much for, for allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work on me through you. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that made it worth the whole trip just to see what God did in that young man's life. It's real, church. Hallelujah. And the more that we get from God, the more we see it's real. Hallelujah. You know, the more you get from God, the more you realize you don't know. I used to think I had it all figured out. But the more that I get to prove God, the more I realize that I didn't know as much as I thought I did. And you know, that's just the way it goes. I used to think when I was 16, I thought my dad was the dumbest man in the world. When I got to be 19, I was surprised how much the old boy had learned in three years. Amen. And you know, that's the way it is in the things of God. You get saved, you think, Ma, I just have it all figured out. I know how God's going to move. And I know what he's going to do, and I know this, and I know that, and you're ready to argue with anybody. But you know, after a long time, God starts punching holes in all your little theories and your little ideas, and you learn that you just have to walk by faith. You don't know how it's going to happen, you don't care. God said it, you believe it. And if he said it, it's going to come to pass. Hallelujah! Do you believe that tonight? Let's lift up our hands and let's sing that chorus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's let it ring to the Lord with all of our hearts.
By faith he sojourned in a land of promise and in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, I'm sure that we're all aware of the fact, but I think sometimes it does us good to reminisce and to go over them and to keep our minds continually in tune with the Spirit of God. Peter said, stirring up your good mind, your, your pure minds, with the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. But one of the ways that we're going to stir ourselves up is continually keep the blessings of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit upon our minds that we know that God is doing a work and we're ready to receive all of the things that He has for us continually. The moment that our minds get involved with other things is the times that we're going to be led astray. you believe that? Yes. Now the Bible says that it's by faith. Everything that we get from God from the beginning of our Christian experience until the very day that Jesus Christ returns is going to be done by faith. All things are accomplished by faith. We're saved by faith. We're healed by faith. We're delivered by faith. We're filled with the Holy Spirit by faith. All of these things come by faith. It was so wonderful to me as we mentioned some of the things that God was doing down there in Mexico. When I saw the simple faith that those people had, they just came believing God. They didn't understand all the things that were being done. It was a strange manifestation to them. But once they saw the miracle working power of God, they came believing in simple faith. I remember the first woman that I prayed for. God led me to that lady told me a condition that was in her body. And when I went to her and ministered to her by the power of the Holy Spirit, that one manifestation was the thing that caused those people to believe. Immediately, I didn't have to go anymore. They all stand at their feet, and they start coming down the aisles, pointing at their bodies, and crying out to God. In simple faith, they have seen a miracle. Hallelujah. They have seen the power of God, and it was through that thing that they have saw that caused their faith to believe, to release in their life, and they came and accepted it. It's by faith. Now, some people, they work at faith. It isn't going to be something that you're going to be able to muster up in your heart and your life because it's something that we have to just simply receive by, by faith through God. We take the Word of God by faith. We accept it. The Bible said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Did you know when you can see it, you don't need faith anymore? Absolutely. One old fellow came to me one time. He said, I don't know why God doesn't heal me. I said, how do you know he hasn't? Well, he said, uh, he hasn't. I said, well, how do you know? He said, well, I still feel the same way I did. I said, then you're going by feeling, not by faith. Yeah. And that's true. Somebody said, now, let's be realistic, brother. If you're healed, you're healed. Well, that's true. But I'm not, one lady came to me. She said, brother, Mentor, you're trying just to, try to get me to say that I'm healed when I'm not. I said, no, I'm not trying to get you to say you're healed when I'm not. I'm trying to get you to say what Christ said. By his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. And we're willing to take this promise by faith and receive it, not knowing.
The faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now that's actually accepting and believing what you haven't seen yet, but you know that it's there because God said it. Isn't that right? I remember when I was back in in Mexico, old, not old Mexico, but New Mexico, we're holding revival there. And God had spoken to me sometime earlier that we were going over into the Orient and minister the gospel. And it seemed a little bit strange to me because I've never done anything like that before. And I thought, Lord, how can these things be? It just seems absolutely impossible for me to do something like this. But God kept dealing with me and witnessing with me. And I'd already met and talked to a man, and, and I had contacts over there who could set up all the advertising and so on and so forth. But I just didn't know exactly what to do. And God, he kept dealing with me. And while we were back there in Mexico, I remember it was so strong that the Lord kept witnessing with me. He said, now, I want you to go. He said, when you leave this meeting and go home, he said, you're to go to the Orient. And it was only about a week away. And I thought, Lord, that's enough, not enough time. You see, we've got to have a month or two to advertise and to get ready for those things. You know, it's so surprising how much we think God don't know. Amen? <laughs> the Lord knows all about it. Hallelujah. And he knows what's up with it. And God kept dealing with me. I said, Lord, I don't have the money to go. God said, well, I've got it. Amen. Amen. And I said, well, I sure wish you'd show me a little bit of it, and then maybe I'd have more faith. But that wouldn't be faith, would it? Amen. That would be sight. I would say, all right, I've got it, and so I can go. But God doesn't tell you. He know, You know that he has it, but he makes you walk by faith so that you can receive the promise that is rightfully yours. God told the Israelites when he said to go over the promised land. And he said, you go ahead and conquer that land in my name. Now he said, I'll give it to you. And he told them they could have it, but he didn't tell them how he was going to get it. He didn't show them a vision of the walls falling down and of all the people of the city of Jericho running and fleeing from before their sight. He didn't tell them all these things. He didn't tell them about the giants or any of those things. He just said, there's people over there. And he said, you go over and drag them out in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now you see, the faith comes in when they begin to see the obstacles in going ahead and doing what God said they could do, even though they didn't know exactly how it was going to be done. If God would have shown them a vision, and then he would have seen it all, there wouldn't have been any need for faith. Because they'd know just how it was going to be done, and they'd say, all right, here we go. But God makes you learn to walk by faith. He tells you what to do, he shows you that he'll do it, and then you have to be willing to step out by faith and do what God's laid upon your heart. And I prayed, I said, Lord, I sure don't know where the money's going to come from. God said, you just go. He told me once, and he had it, but that's all he tells me. I went to my wife and I said, honey, I don't know. I said, the Lord's dealing with me about going over to the Oregon and Hong Kong next week. She said, well, how are we going to do that? I said, I don't know. But I said, I feel the Spirit of the Lord directing me to go. And she said, well, we don't have the money. I said, I know that. I don't know where that. But he said, he has. She said, well, I wish he'd show us a little bit. I said, I told him that too. But he still said, go! Hallelujah. And so I sat down and I thought, well, bless God, I'm preaching on faith. I better start exercising. Amen? Amen. Now, there's always new realms to exercise faith. I exercise faith when I pray for the sick. I exercise faith in the ministry that I'm doing. But you know, after a while, you get to exercising faith in a certain realm and it just becomes second nature to you. And you just exercise it in a certain way. Father God, have to plop something bigger in your way so that you're going to take a step that you never took before. And you've learned to be able to reach out into greater things and deeper things for God than you've ever been in before. 
That's the way it works. Hallelujah. Just seems like the more that you exercise faith, the more that you have to exercise faith. How many ever told a lie? Come on. And you know what happens when you tell a lie, you have to tell another one to get out of the one you just told. And you, you tell another one, and, and you tell another one to get out of that. Somebody says, I heard you said that. Oh, no, I didn't. And then you just told another one. And you just keep doing it. Well, that's the way faith works. When you believe God and step out by faith, in order to get out of the pickle that you're in, you've got to exercise faith to go a little farther. And pretty soon you just keep going and going and going and going. Hallelujah. Until finally you just get out there and you're living by faith. Amen. Everything you do is by faith. Somebody says you can't. You say, well, God said I can, so you go ahead and do it anyway. Hallelujah. I told you about the scientists that made a marvelous discovery. They're always learning things, you know. And they're figuring these things out here. God made them in, in, in seven days, and it takes them so many thousands of years so they'll begin to figure out just a few amazing discoveries and they found out that a bumblebee by measuring him and weighing him and, and mathematically computing him they found that he's too big and that his wingspan is too small and they said that it's mathematically impossible for a bumblebee to fly <laughs> and the bumblebee doesn't know that so he goes in and flies anyway Hallelujah. <laughs> That's the way a Christian does. Can you say amen? Amen. God's Word says it. The world says it can't, but God says it can't, and we do, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I, I sat down by faith. I got out that piece of paper, and I, I wrote a letter to this man over there, and I told him, I said, Brother, I'm going to leave Thursday. I knew I'd get home probably Tuesday or Wednesday from there. And I said, I'm going to leave Thursday on the airplane, so that means I'll be in Hong Kong on Saturday. So you be there at the airport to meet me, get all the advertising out, get everything ready to go, because I'm going to be there. Hallelujah. And I signed the letter, and I thought, oh, Lord, I make sure I'm there. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I put the letter in the mail, and we went on, and we went home. Finally, we drove home Monday, and uh, then Tuesday, and we got in late Tuesday night. And so Wednesday morning when I got up, I had to go down, get my ticket, get some shots, and get everything ready for because I had to leave Thursday. And so... I, I still didn't have any money. My wife was beginning to get nervous, and I can understand that. Come on. Amen. Some of the poor women, you know, they get all the rebuff from these things. Everybody said, well, your wife doesn't have any faith. Well, it might be easy for you to say that, but if you have to sit home, pay the bills, and feed the kids while your husband goes halfway around the world without any money, it, it's another thing. Come on. Amen. And so she was getting a little bit nervous. She said, what are we going to do? I said, well, God said he's got it, so he's going to have to give it to me. And so I took my checkbook and I put it in my back pocket. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the airport. She said, there's not enough money in there to get the ticket. I said, I know that too, but God told me to go, and so I'm going to have to do it. And I was waiting and, and kind of hesitating, but still I knew I had to go. So I put the checkbook in my back pocket, and I started out the door. And just as soon as I opened the door, the phone began to ring. So I came back in and I picked up the phone, and when I picked up the phone... This fellow was on the other end. He said, Brother Messer, he says, what, what are you up to today? He said, I haven't heard from you for a long time. I felt like I ought to call you. And I said, well, I just got in from Mexico last night. He said, well, good. He said, uh, what are you going to do today? I said, well, I'm going to the airport and get a ticket to Hong Kong. He said, Hong Kong? And I said, yes. He said, well, what are you going to Hong Kong for? And I said, the Lord told me to. He did. I said, yeah, he did. And he said, well, listen, he said, on your way over, why don't you stop by such and such a place and meet me and we'll have lunch together. And I said, all right. And so we went, we met together there and we began to have lunch and 
I never said anything about Hong Kong. He never said anything about Hong Kong. And we just fellowshiped and talked. And finally, when we got through eating our lunch, he stood up and he said, Well, so you're going to Hong Kong, are you? And I said, Yeah, I'm going. And he said, Well, you know, brother, he said, I believe the Lord really wants you to go. And I said, Well, I'm sure he does. He said, You know why? I said, Why? He said, Because God just spoke when he sent you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, I'm going to the airport with him. Buy your ticket. Yeah, you can sit there and look at me if you want to, but I don't want to pray in the name of God. Somebody else believed in what he was saying, but he believed in it. Hallelujah. He kept pounding away upon that ark, and he kept working at the very task that God had sent him to do. He knew that God had told him there was going to be a flood, and he believed God more than what anybody else said. He believed God more than the ways of the people. He stood fast upon the promise of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I like that. Praise the name of the Lord. I like that. I like somebody that means business with God and is going to stand up and manifest the Spirit of the Lord in spite of the devil himself. No matter what people say about them, no matter how they accuse him, no matter what they say against them, they'll stand and work the things of faith. Glory to God. Can't you picture Noah? As he was pounding away, working upon that old ark, I'm sure there were people that thought he lost his mind. Amen. 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 Why, he's even got a few young people that's crazy enough to follow him, Shanham and Japheth, and their wives. He's got those good, clean-cut young people down there in that crazy old Pentecostal church. Come on. I've never heard something like that. You know, I don't understand all of this. People, they, they go on like they're so goody, and they love the, 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 the good things in the world. They don't want sin. They don't want credit. And they'll say, oh, it's terrible, all these things that are happening, and it can be happening right in their own home, then the ones that have caused it get saved and they start rebelling against that. Amen. 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 I've seen wives, they gripe and complain, they come in and say, oh, my husband, he's just an old alcoholic, he's a drunkard brother, and I've lived with him so many years, and I just don't know what to do, and, 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 I, and they'll talk and talk and talk about the husband. And finally the husband will get saved and give his heart to Jesus. And when he gets saved, then they start rebelling against him. <coughs> Amen. One woman came in and said, Well, I don't believe it. I said, I thought you wanted your husband saved. She said, Well, I want him to live right. I said, Well, he's doing it now. Yeah, but it's all a front. I said, How do you know it's a front? Well, he's just not that way. I said, Well, God made him that way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, no, a spirit and work that a path that seemed to indicate he lost his mind, but he stayed there and he labored for the glory of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> No matter what people thought, no matter how they looked at it, he believed the promise of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. I can see some of those old mossbacks, those old unbelievers that used to complain about the things of the Lord, thought he crazy. They said, my, he's building a boat so big they wouldn't float if he did have a place to float it. And there isn't any rain coming. He thinks there's going to be a big downpour and that he's going to float that thing. And they thought he was crazy. But one day while they were walking down the streets, there was a drop of rain that hit them on the head. Amen. Hallelujah. And then another and another and another until the witness of heaven opened up and the fountains of the deep released up. And God destroyed the world by water and vindicated his servant Hallelujah. By faith, Noah. By faith, Enoch. A man that walked with God even in a time that seemed to be impossible. During that period of time from Genesis, when man had sinned and turned away from God, before Abraham had set up a covenant with God, nobody seemed to be even caring about the things of the Lord. 
Nobody even concerned about the things of God. But old Enoch walked with God. Hallelujah. In spite of all of that turmoil, in spite of all the unbelief, he had faith in God. And the Bible said he watched up because God took him. Hallelujah. He had so much faith, God just lifted him right out of his orbit and translated him. God, did that sink in. Think about that. God translated that man. God, think what would happen if the Lord did that today. Talk about a revolution. Well, I'll tell you something. It's going to happen, and it's not very far away. And I believe Enoch was a type of what is about to happen. Hallelujah. That God's going to pitch the church and take them away. Hallelujah. Into the glories of God. Praise the Lord. You talk about confusion. It's going to be here. And I want to be right in the middle of that picture, don't you? I don't want to be around. Praise God. I remember when I was a little bitty fellow, about 11 years old. Before I was really giving my heart to God. And I heard preachers preach about the second coming of the Lord and about the rapture of Jesus Christ. And I came home one day and my dad was late from work and my mother had gone somewhere. And she forgot to turn the radio off and the lights were on. And, and everything was sitting there just like somebody's supposed to be, but everybody was gone. I come in there and I said, Mom, nobody was there. And I began to holler for my dad. He wasn't there. And I started running all through the house and around the place. And I fell out of my knees. I thought, my Lord, I missed the rapture for sure. <laughs> Amen. I'll tell you, it didn't put a fear deep down in my heart. I didn't see the rapture, but I can imagine what it must be like. It's going to happen. Praise God. But for those that walk by faith, Christ will catch them away. Hallelujah. And they'll never be there except through faith. Glory to God. Oh, I believe in that place, don't you? Hallelujah. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Abraham. Oh, I'll tell you, Abraham was the father of faith. He believed God, and the Bible said God accounted unto him as unto righteousness. Amen. Being the heir, hallelujah, and his own son, bringing forth Isaac, even when he was past age, and Sarah, in her old age, believed God, hallelujah. She believed God and gave birth to the child that it seemed absolutely impossible. My people say they're crazy. Come on. I came down there tonight, Papa died over some old lady and said, Now you may be 90 years old, but you're going to have a baby. <laughs> run me out of here on the radio. But you know, the Bible said Abraham staggered not. He didn't even leave her, but he believed. Hallelujah. And God accounted that faith unto righteousness unto him. By faith, Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Joshua and Isaac and all of these men, they closed the mouth of lions, they brought down fire from heaven, they walked upon the water, they did mighty miracles, the things of God was manifest through their life, simply by faith, hallelujah. There were men that were just like you and me today. They had the same passions, the same desires, their blood flowed warm and red, just like yours. Those men had faith, hallelujah. They had faith in God. They weren't going to be disturbed or turned aside by anything or by any conviction of any other individual. They had faith. Hallelujah. They trusted in God. And it was because of the faith that we have what we have today. Do you believe that? <laughs> hallelujah. 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 I want you to realize there are others that took kingdom, wrought righteousness, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched fires, all these things because of faith. Faith. And that same faith is the same thing that's going to win the world to Jesus and save the church today. Hallelujah. 
You say, what a simple subject? Well, it's a simple gospel. Hallelujah. We don't have to make it difficult. We don't have to make it so so far out that people can't understand all the things that's going on. When somebody gets too far out, it's when they get in trouble. Come on. I, I've seen so many people that's got new revelations. One fellow, he had so many new revelations, he got up. He said, well, I thank God. He said, I'd like to tear that old song right out of the songbook where it says, when we all get to heaven, that fantasy in the sky. He got so far out that he lost everything he had. Amen. Brother, I thank God that what we have is simple. Even a simple individual can understand the true meaning of God and faith and believing in the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. These men that we read about in the Bible are a record of real men. Men of flesh and blood. Men that are no different than you or me. Men that believed God and that was willing to step out and say, Lord, I take your word and I accept it, I believe it, I receive it. I may not understand how it's going to work. I may not see the end result as yet, but I know that if I could, I wouldn't need faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the things you can't see yet, but the evidence of things not seen. Praise God. Why go Jonah? When God spoke to Jonah, told him to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. Jonah, he didn't know what to do because Jonah had a rebellious nature like a lot of us today. You just missed a good place to say amen. <laughs> we all have a rebellious nature. So many times we want to do what we want to do instead of what God tells us to do. God spoke to Jonah. He said, now Jonah, you go over to Nineveh and preach the gospel to those people over there. Because he said, their sins are so wicked and they're coming before me. And he said, if they don't repent, I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. I can't take it anymore. And Jonah thought, my Lord, why, that's a powerful city. They can kill a man over there and nobody will suffer for it. And if I go over there trying to tell them they're wrong and telling them about their sins, they'll do away with me and I'll be finished. So Jonah was walking down the trail. What do you know? Why, right there, off to his right, was a ship going to Tarsus. Right foot must have been the Lord because he was right there in his path. <laughs> Come on. Well, I know God sent it. There it was, right in front of The truth. You know, sometimes if you really want to find your own way instead of the way of the Lord, you can always find enough things to say the Lord did it. And if you're looking for something, the devil will make sure that you find it. Hallelujah. So you better make sure that you're praying in the will of God and seeking the things of the Lord for your life. If you're trying to find answers that way, the devil will put them right in your path. There it was, just what old Jonah was looking for, a ship that was going to leave somewhere else. And he got on, and you know all the story, how it tossed and it turned, and, and the waves came in, and they had to throw Jonah over if they going to save their own life. It's like a fellow that came to me one time. He, he was looking for ways to answer his own problems, and I preached on Jonah in the well. He came to me one night, and he had an accent. He said, well, Brother Messler, he said, when you preached that sermon, you just walked all over me. I said, well, praise the Lord for that. He said, well, he said, I guess I'm going to have to leave. He had a habit of doing that about every month. And he, he wants somebody to come to, oh, now, brother, don't go. We need you here. We need you here. How many have ever seen somebody like this? How many have ever done it? <laughs> and he said, I guess I want to have to leave you. I said, you are? He said, yes. I said, what's wrong? He said, well, he said, when you preached on Job in the well, he said, just walked all over me because he said, this church here is my boat. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm running from God on that boat. 
And he said, I've just got to get off. And I said, well, brother, if you're running from God on this boat, I hope you do get off. And I'll help you get off. Hallelujah. Because those men, when Jonah was on the boat running from the Lord, they were suffering too. And I don't want to suffer because of you. Amen? Amen. If I'm wrong, I want to get before God. But if you're wrong, you do it yourself. Hallelujah. And I said, if you're wrong, I said, if this is your boat, you better get off. He said, well, uh, uh, well I, I, he says, I think I should. I said, well, then you should do it. Amen. He said, well, now, I don't want to be hasty. <laughs> I said, well, I don't want you to be hasty either, brother, but if God told you to do it, I can't say a thing. Whenever you tell me God told you, well, then you just shut me off because I can't help you be it. If God told you, who am I to go against the Lord? Oh. Amen. Amen. And he said, well, I, I don't want to be hasty. I said, well, I don't want you to be hasty, but you told me the Lord told you, and if he told you, you better get going, brother. But I said, remember one thing. I said, remember what happened to Jonah when he got off the ship. He got swallowed by a whale. Hallelujah. And you know, sometimes we got to step ahead of the Lord and we get swallowed up ourselves. Amen? Amen. But one thing that was interesting to me when old Jonah was swallowed by that whale, and there he was sitting in the midst of the belly of that fish, all of these problems, all of these troubles were around him. He didn't know what to do everywhere he looked, whether it was north, south, east, west, up or down. All he could see was whale belly. And that's a real problem. Amen? Hallelujah. He was in a terrible fix. And I, I really don't think we appreciate sometimes what old Jonah went through. We think, well, he was just in the fish and he took a ride for a while. But can you imagine what it would have been like to be down in that fish's belly? They smell bad enough on the outside. What must they be like inside? <laughs> and there he was in the midst of all of those digestive fluids, seaweed, and everything else. And I'm sure they must have been working on him. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying that to be funny or gory, but it's the truth. And old Jonah knew he was in a pickle. He was in a mess. And he repented to God right there. God, I'm wrong. And he said, you know what he said? He said, Lord, if you'll get me out of this space, he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go to Nineveh and I'll preach the gospel. Now, you told me to go and I didn't go. But if you'll get me out of here, he said, I'll go. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if they kill me. I'd rather have them kill me and die in this fish's belly. Amen. <laughs> and then Jonah said something that was very interesting. He said, they who look to lying vanities rob themselves of their mercy. You know what Jonah was saying? He was calling that fish a lying vanity. He said, I've asked God. I believe God. I asked the Lord to get me out of this fish. Now by faith, I'm standing on the bank. This fish is a lying vanity. I don't believe it. I believe what God said. If I ask anything in His name, I'll have it. Hallelujah. Now, there wasn't anything more real than that fish. He could touch it. He could feel it. He could see it. He could smell it. It was there. But Jonah refused to believe the fish. By faith he saw himself sitting out on the sea, on the shore. By faith he saw himself released. By faith he believed God. And when Jonah began to exercise that faith, that fish may have been able to digest Jonah, but he couldn't digest faith. Hallelujah. And he vomited Jonah up. Glory to God. And he was liberated because he believed what he prayed for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. By faith, these things were accomplished. All the records of history was done by faith. Jesus said, if you have faith, the bread of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed, and it leave. <coughs> How many think you can move a mountain? <coughs> 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 
That shows us how much faith we really have. <laughs> Jesus said, take a mustard seed to move a mountain. Some of us don't even have enough to move a move an egg yet, let alone a mountain. Praise God, if we can just believe the Lord and we can just accept it by faith and receive it, all these things are possible that we can accomplish even the very same thing that those men accomplished in their day. Do you believe that? Yes. Old Lincoln, when he made his Gettysburg address, he stood before the people of the United States. Things were a bit different at that time. And he said, it is for us, the United States, the living, here, it is for us, the United States, the living, to dedicate and to consecrate. What Lincoln was saying was, those men that came over here and established this country before us who believed in God, they were wonderful men, but they're dead now. He said, it's for us, the United States, the living, those that are alive to dedicate and consecrate. Now, I'll tell you something. I love to look and see what Noah did, what Abraham did, what Enoch did, what Moses did, what all those old men did. It's wonderful what they did in the Word of God and the faith that they exercised. But no matter how wonderful it was, they're dead and gone, church. They're not here anymore. They've gone on to be with God. And it's for us today, the living, hallelujah, the church of today, to dedicate and to consecrate ourselves to the things of God. It's your day right now. I said it's your day. Hallelujah. It's your day. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. We can talk about I've heard people go to witness somebody. Somebody says, well, the, Jesus don't heal today. That was for those other days. And they say, oh, yes, he did. Why, why Paul did it here? Amen. And the early church did. Some poor fellow that doesn't even believe in the Bible, the devil's worked on his mind. So what does that prove to me? What they did a couple thousand years ago. What's going to convince men and women today is what you're doing today. Hallelujah. What I'm doing. Because it's our world and it's our time. Those men have gone on. Sister McPherson did a great job when she established the Fort Square Gospel. When she went all over the country preaching the Gospel and great healings and, and miracles took place. But there's a lot of people that are out preaching the same Gospel today that are so dead they don't have a thing right in them at all. Amen. Because they're going on things of the past. It's our day right now to consecrate and to dedicate ourselves to God. Hallelujah. And I believe that that very thing has been laid upon the shoulders of every man, woman, or child that's in this place today. You may not be a preacher, but you can't escape it because the Bible said, Go ye into all the world. And ye means you. Amen. Amen. And preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. We have a responsibility to dedicate ourselves to God and to bring forth the gospel of Jesus Christ by faith. To heal the sick, to set at liberty the captive, and to praise God in the name of the Lord to believe Him to do these things by faith. Hallelujah. All things are possible to them that believe in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe it? Let's lift up our hands and let's
touching of the glory of God that's here tonight. God wants to touch your nervous system tonight. And I believe that he's going to by the power of the Holy Spirit. The pressure on your nerves. And this affects you in different ways at different times. And the Lord is able to touch and deliver right now by the Spirit of God and give you a complete liberty. In the Spirit of God, the enemy has used this, this thing that pressures your nerves at times that keep you from entering into the full liberty that God has for your life. I know that you love God and that God's very real to you. And I'm not questioning that at all. But God wants to bring you into a place that you never experienced before. Hallelujah. And he's able to do this right now. Not only in the spiritual, but also in the physical and in every phase of your life tonight. Praise the name of the Lord. Lift your hands toward this woman right now. Father, in the name of the Lord, you're going to our personal spirit I come against you in the name of the Lord, by the